Welcome to Urban Hope Community Church's podcast. Today's sermon is titled, The Gift of Worship, from Luke 1, 39 through 56, from Pastor Noah Despinas. series, um, the word Advent refers to the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event, and so we're celebrating the arrival of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this morning, our, our, our time in God's Word will be in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. And so as it is our custom, would you please stand as we read God's Word? Our title this morning is The Gift of Worship. If you're using the Pew Bible, We are on page 1017. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Verse 56, and Mary remained with her about three months and return to her home. The grass withers, the flowers fade. You may be seated. Uh, this time of year, we can't help but be uh, concerned with, uh, with gifts. Uh, thinking about gifts, receiving gifts. I'm actually late and behind on my Christmas shopping, so y'all pray for me. Uh, but gifts are a good thing. And we serve a God who also loves gifts. Uh, We like to receive them, but he likes to give them. 
And we're reminded of this in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11, where Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil, people like me and you, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. It's a passage that you should know, that you should meditate on, and God invites you to ask him for good things, to ask him for the things that are on your heart, to ask him for the things that you believe will bring you uh, whatever desires you have uh, and whatever will bring you pleasure, as long as it's it's in accordance with God's will. So that's an encouragement for us this morning, to have confidence as God's children, to ask for the things that we need. But the great thing about God is that his gift giving is not limited to a season or a holiday. It's not limited to December. His gift giving is not limited to the things that we ask for. But God gives us the gifts that we don't even know we need. Because he is God and he knows us better than we know ourselves, he provides us with what we need. And Chad, Pastor Chad mentioned this earlier, that the best gift that we have received that we didn't know that we needed was his son, Jesus the Christ. And this is what our hearts and our minds should be reflecting on at this time of year. In our sin, and our hopelessness, God provided his son as a sacrifice for all humankind, for all mankind, so that if we repent and believe in him, we can have eternal life. The best gift that we could ever receive. And in Luke 1, As we read earlier, we read about how this advent, this coming of this Christ, how this story begins. It's a true story, and so there's details, there's facts. It's been recorded of how it all came together. And so we read about how this story begins and how it unfolds. And in reading in Luke chapter 1, I believe God points us to another gift. Everybody say gift. I believe he points us to another gift in Luke 1 that we might overlook if we're not careful. And that gift, I believe, is worship. Everybody say worship. And worship specifically through song and praise. Now, we believe as Christians that all of life is worship. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. Whatever you do should be worshipful, should please God, should honor God. But God in his kindness and providence has given us song and praise as a way to worship him with our hearts and our minds. 
and our lips. And I believe we see a picture of that here in Luke 1. But before I get to our main passage, I want to sort of set the stage and kind of help you understand where we're at in Luke, 30, Luke 1, verse 39. Before we get to Luke 1, 39, in Luke 1, verse 30 through 36, we see an angel appear to a young woman named Mary. And in Luke 1, verse 30, it says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid. For Mary, you have found favor with God. And he says to this young woman, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So here's the thing about Mary. She's a virgin. She's not married yet. The time she was engaged, and she's visited by this angel who tells her she will bear a son. So if you're like me or like Mary, in that moment, you're probably a little confused because you've taken biology class probably at this point. I know I took biology in sixth grade, so that's probably 12 years old. So Mary's like, hey, I know how this works. You have to, you got to have a little fun before you can, before the babies get here. I ain't had no fun yet. How is this even possible? How is it that I am going to give birth to a son? Verse 32, the angel says, he will be great and and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How will this be possible? And some of us are asking the same question Mary asked 2,000 plus years ago. Instead of God using you to deliver a baby, maybe you're wrestling with something that you believe God has called you to do. God, I know you've given me this ministry but I don't feel equipped or I feel inadequate. How am I going to do this? For some of you, maybe you're young in marriage and you're trying to figure out, Lord, I know you've called me to this woman or you called me to this man. I know I'm called to love him or her, but it's hard. How is this possible? Maybe some of you are new to parenthood. You love being a mom, but you're realizing it's hard sometimes. I know, God, you've called us to be fruitful and multiply, but, man, how am I going to to be this mom or dad that you've called me to be? Or maybe you're wrestling with a particular sin struggle, and God's word is clear. We're called to mortify our sins, kill them, get rid of them. But this particular sin just keeps showing up at your door. God, how is this going to be possible? And I love the response that we get from the angel in verse 34, or verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit. Mary was like, how is this going to be possible? 
How can a young woman who is a virgin give birth to a child? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit. I love that word, overshadow. It's as if God is saying, Mary, I don't need your help. I just need you to be available. I need you to be willing. I believe God is saying the same thing to us. Lord, how are you going to do this in my life? And he's saying to you this morning, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Lean not on yourself, but lean on the Spirit. And in verse 36, it says, Behold, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was, call, who was called barren. And so Mary has a relative named Elizabeth. And we read in the beginning of Luke 1 that uh, this angel also visited Elizabeth's, uh, her husband, and told her that she would have a baby as well, which was also a miracle because she was old in age. And in Luke 1, verse 37, we read, For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then we get to our passage. So Mary has been visited by this angel, right? She's heard from God through this angel. She has some kind of clarity of, of what's going on. And then she's told you should go visit your relative, Elizabeth. And in Luke 1, verse 41 through 43, we read, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, and so she's visiting her relative, Mary is, and it says the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. And so Elizabeth at this point does not know that Mary was visited by an angel. But she's, she's, she, she interacts with her, and the Holy Spirit fills her up. And she says, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She doesn't know that she's pregnant at this point, but the Holy Spirit gives her revelation. And so could you imagine Mary, probably confused, not really sure what's going on. She enters her relative's house, and she's met with this, greeting and it's as if God was like I want to give you some confirmation I know what I've told you but I want to make sure you, you hear it again I want to make sure you hear it again he does that sometimes in his kindness towards us and she says in verse 43 why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. And so Mary, well, Elizabeth is like, wait, not only does she know she's pregnant, but she knows who she's carrying. She says, the mother of my Lord. So if you're Mary, you're like, yo, this is real. I know I've heard from this angel but now this relative of mine is basically confirming what God has already told me through the angel. And so I believe at this point, Mary, it, again, she heard what the angel said, but at this point, I believe it really begins to settle in. It's almost like, man, this is real. This is happening. This is a big deal. 
And I would imagine all the emotions just flooded her. And I believe she's overwhelmed at this point by the grace of God, the power of God, and the presence of God that she responds with a song of praise. Mary in that moment, being overwhelmed, probably wondering, well, why me? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Why has God chosen me for this special responsibility? And I believe she's overwhelmed with gratitude, with grace. And in verse 46, it says that she responds with a song. And this song, this song of praise is called the Magnificat. And it comes from the Latin word meaning magnifies. Everybody say magnifies. Magnifies. And so if you're, if you're reading this, Pretend, pretend you're reading a chapter book, story, or book. Uh, not a huge fiction reader, but this is kind of a weird, a weird uh, transition, right? Because you're reading this story. She's visiting her cousin or her relative, and she's met with this, with this confirmation, I believe. And then it transitions to a song. Some commentators say that this song of praise is modeled after Hannah's song in 1 Samuel chapter 2, which is in the Old Testament. And so I believe the fact that Mary responds with the song shows that Mary knew her Old Testament. And she knew that praise and worship was an appropriate response to God's grace. That praise and worship through song is an appropriate way to respond to the grace of God. Now look at how she starts off this song. It says in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And so in God's grace towards her, she can do nothing but magnify his name. She realizes, I've done nothing to deserve this. When she asks the question, why me? She can't come up with an answer. It's the same for us. Why me, God? Why did you choose me? What makes me special? In verse 47, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. So she realizes that God had no reason to choose her, that God had no reason to use her. But he's looked on her humble estate. And she says, For behold, from now on, all generations, in verse 48, will call me blessed. Mary's like, Yo, I'm, I'm the mother of the Savior of the world. I'm not trying to be in the history books, but I, I am. Like, I'm going to be remembered forever. Verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and his name, and holy is his name. In her song, Mary begins by praising and thanking God for, we, for what he has specifically done in her life. 
Mary doesn't know why God has chosen her to be the mother of Jesus. She knows she didn't do anything to deserve this. And all she can do is worship. What is the appropriate response to God's grace? It's worship. It's worship. The first thing she does is she starts singing. That's my kind of party right there. All she can do is worship. People of grace are people of worship. And I'm glad the Lord doesn't leave it up to us to make sure we fit in a time of worship and praise in our weekly rhythms. I don't know about you. Uh, I have a few worship sessions on my own here and there. Per- I personally like to take long drives on purpose. I can turn my music up, sing and praise God and pray. But those don't happen all the time. But God in his kindness has given us the Lord's Day, which is today, which is Sunday, which we come together as his people to worship him. We worship him through prayer. We worship him through the, through the, through the preached word. But he also gives us worship through song and praise. And so because of this, the Lord's Day should be important to us. We should prioritize Sunday mornings. We should hold this time in high regard. Ephesians 5, verse 18 through 20 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. When I read that, I, 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 I felt like the Lord was saying, don't go to brunch. And we got a culture that loves brunch. People skip out on church and, and go to brunch on Sundays. God says, don't get drunk with mimosas. But he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come to church. Come to worship. Addressing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God commands us, instructs us to worship through singing. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. God commands us to worship him, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. It brings glory to him and it is good for our soul. It is good for our soul. I love when we gather on Sundays and and, and we worship together. And God commands us to do this, and so we should take that seriously. Worship through songs and praise is an appropriate response to God's grace. We should be people of worship. So not only does worship give us the opportunity to properly respond to God's grace, right? It's a proper response. We see this in Mary's story here. 
that she's overwhelmed by God's spirit, and so she can do nothing but respond with praise and worship. But worship through song and praise also gives us an opportunity to reflect. Everybody say reflect. To reflect and remember on who God is and what he has done and what he is doing. Let me say that again. Worship through song and praise also gives us an opportunity to reflect, to remember on who God is and what he has done and what he is doing. Look at how Mary transitions from thanking God for his kindness, his mercy towards her, his grace towards her, to then focusing, focusing on God himself. So in Luke 1, verse 50, it says, And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And so Mary in this moment is being reminded. Song and worship can remind us of God's mercy. He has shown us his strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. We worship a God of justice. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. We worship a God of provision. God cares about you. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And I love this in verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. We serve a faithful God who remembers his people. His promises that he made to Abraham is now being made realized in the coming of his son. And so Mary, in this worship, in this song, in this praise, she's reflecting and she's meditating and thinking about who God is. We, as Christians, are forgetful people. I personally think I have terrible memory. Can't have a terrible memory. And so it's probably worse for me. We know the gospel, but we need to be reminded of it every day. We know the truth about God, but we need to be reminded of it all the time. And again, God gives us the Lord's Day as an opportunity to come together to be reminded of these truths. And worship through song and praise is a time where God is able to help us remember the truths that we so easily forget. I see this play out in my own life, and this, this might play it on your life this way as well, where maybe you've had a rough week, maybe things are not going well, maybe you got a flat tire, maybe your boss is mad at you, maybe you're having problems with your family members, maybe you feel like prayers are not being answered, and you begin to be, uh, believe the lie that God is distant. Satan gets in there and says, you know, he doesn't really care about you. You're all alone. And then you come 
Urban Hope, 10.30 a.m., dragging, trying to pay attention. And the worship team blesses us with, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. Y'all, y'all pray for me. Should try, right? We're reminded that he loves us, that I'm loved by him, and it's who I am. Or you come to worship. After a long week, or maybe a good week, and things are going well for you, maybe. And you feel like, man, I'm doing well in my spiritual disciplines. I've had a good week of obeying God, of meeting with God. And you begin to think that God loves you because of the good things that you do. And you, be, you begin to think, maybe he favors me because I keep the rules and I live better than the person next door. <laughs> or I'm living better than my coworker. So you get to walk around with your head held high. So now you come into church, you ain't dragging, you feeling good. You want to sit in the front row. You don't want to sit in the back row. You want to come sit in the front row. And then the worship team, they'll sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And so in that moment, the Lord reminds us of his grace. And we're humbled. I don't need to be proud. I don't need to feel proud. I'm a nobody. It's God's kindness. It's God's goodness, his grace and mercy towards me as to why I'm sitting here this morning. Or sometimes we get distracted by the pleasures of this world, right? It's football season. Y'all pray for me. Pray for Brother Carl. Pray for Brother Dion. Just pray for all the brothers. Pray for all of us. We get distracted. We begin to think that football and material possessions is what satisfy our hearts. Or maybe we begin to turn people and things into idols. We forget about the glory and the majesty of God. And we come into Urban Hope at 10.30 a.m. And the worship team blesses us with, Oh, Lord, you are my king. And I'm in awe of you. And I'm in awe of you. The reason why I sing, and I'm in awe of you. There's none like you in all the earth, creator of the universe. So we're reminded of God's holiness, his majesty, his awesomeness, and we're overwhelmed. And God in that moment reminds us that all of our worship should be uh, geared and pointed towards him. 
There have been times in this year specifically where I'll be sitting right over there. My wife and I, we sit with our children. And the worship team is, is in their bag. Where the worship team at? And when I say in their bag, that's a good thing. That's slang for they are just, they doing their, uh, they're doing a good job. <laughs> in their bag just means they are doing a good job. And God has blessed us with a phenomenal worship team. They're gifted. And there's some Sundays where I'm singing along with them. And literally I'm in my seat, or standing up actually, and I'm thinking to myself, I wish we could do this more. One day a week is not enough. If only I could start my my day, every day with, with this. And I'm sitting there or standing there and I'm reflecting on the goodness of God. And I begin to think about the people that I wish were here with me. Begin to reflect on the things that God has done. Begin to reflect on the kindness that he's shown towards me. Now, I believe God in some ways has heard me in my heart in that we as a, as a church, as a leadership team, in the next year have decided that we will extend our worship service. Now, some of y'all, I heard an amen. Some of y'all got a little nervous. Right, y'all like, Pastor Alton going to preach a little longer? Right, we love preaching, but we don't need more preaching. But we're extending our service so that we can worship longer. Instead of two or three songs, maybe five songs. Oh man. We gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta amen. <laughs> and so this will allow for more time and praise for praise and worship through song. More time for us to reflect on God's goodness, more time to be met by his spirit, more time for us to offer up praise. Because he deserves it. Because he deserves it. Fifteen minutes, y'all, really ain't even enough, actually. If it was up to me, you know, I ain't the pastor. I'd probably be here till 2 o'clock. All right. Because he deserves it. Because he deserves it. And so we look forward to that in the new year. Earlier I mentioned that this song from Mary resembles and is modeled, at least some commentators believed, after Hannah's song in 1 Samuel 2. So Hannah, for those of you that don't know the story in the Old Testament, is a woman who desired to be pregnant, but it didn't happen when she wanted it to happen. And I think in some ways she didn't know if it would ever happen. And so she waited and waited and she prayed and she prayed. Until finally the Lord answers this prayer of hers. And like Mary, Hannah wanted to get pregnant. Mary wasn't trying to get pregnant. But both intentional and done by God. 
She responds with praise in 1 Samuel chapter 2. But before 1 Samuel chapter 2, in 1 Samuel 1, 27, there's a verse that says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. I was reading this yesterday, and I was reminded the Holy Spirit brought to me that this verse is actually hanging up on um, in our nursery at home uh, near Nora's bed. We have this verse on a, on a, on a, on a you know, what's, what's that? What y'all call it? A canvas? I don't, Hobby Lobby. Which they, you know, they put the, the verses. It looks real nice. Carl know what I'm talking about, right? And so it's, it's hanging up on her wall as a reminder to us that we pray for her. Some of you don't know our story. My wife and I, we have two kids now, but before they came along, we actually struggled to get pregnant. It took us longer than, than we expected. And those were some hard years. And we, we prayed and we waited, not knowing if our prayer would ever be answered. But God in his kindness provided us with a little miracle in my daughter. Now she's two and a half years old. And y'all see her around here. She's a little boss. She got my personality, so y'all pray for me. And she, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. But I think she'll be a worship leader at some point in the future. I don't know, but I, 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 that's what I see. As a staff member here, I have to be here at 930, and so does the worship team. And the first thing Nora does when she walks in with me is looks for Brie, looks to see if she's on stage practicing. And she'll get up on the stage and she'll join in, right, pretend she's up there doing something. She's just standing there, but she loves to be around the worship. She loves to sing. She loves to clap. At two and a half years old. And that kind of carries over into our home and our day-to-day life. And I don't know, I'm thinking she discovered this song uh, in Atlanta, maybe through her aunt. But there's a song uh, by Ty Tribbett that she loves to sing. Ty Tribbett is a gospel singer, and he has this song called The African Medley. And uh, it's a phenomenal song, but it's 10 minutes long. So, of course... Her favorite song is 10 minutes long. And she requests that we play this song at least once a day. I said at least. Sometimes we play it twice, three times. If we're in the car together, she'll request it probably five times in a row. So I'm driving, and I have to hear this song on repeat. And there's a part in the song where the singer, he, he, he repeatedly says this, this line, this sentence, this phrase. He says, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. 
So this line, this sentence <laughs> has been embedded in my mind over the last few months. And this child that I didn't know would ever even exist, the Lord is using to remind me of his kindness and his goodness through worship, through praise. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. And that's why we worship him. That's why we that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And this is the hope that we have as Christians. God in his grace and mercy sent his son Jesus into the world through this virgin, Mary. And he suffered on the cross for you and I. He defeated death, and on the third day he rose. The resurrection, we just got done talking about this at Bible study on Wednesday. He is alive. He is alive. And the word of God tells us that he is seated at the right hand of God, God the Father. And he is in control. And what does that mean for you and I? We have hope. No matter your circumstances, no matter what it might look like, he is in control. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He has the final say. This is why we worship. And maybe you're here today and you have yet to repent and put your faith and trust in Christ. This message is also for you. We celebrate the Advent because he's come once, but the word of God tells us there'll be a second Advent. He's coming again. This time, though, he will not come as a humble servant, but he will come as a conquering king. And the word of God tells us that there will be a judgment day for all people. And if you do not know him on that day, the word of God tells us that you will be separated from God for all eternity in hell. That's the word of God. And so this morning, I plead with you, I beg you, put your faith and trust in Christ. Put your faith and trust in Christ. He is worthy of your obedience and your submission and your worship. He is the reason for the season. He is the reason for the season. Thank you for joining us for today's sermon and for joining Urban Hope Community Church's sermon podcast. Today's sermon was titled The Gift of Worship from Luke 1, 39-56 from Pastor Noah Despinaz. If you want to listen to more sermons or need additional resources, please visit our website at urbanhopecc.com.